0: Hey everybody, this is Jr. Bell with I Got Your 6 Podcast. And in this podcast episode, we're going to be talking about more random things and things that are more important to you and what's important to life. First and first most, we want to talk about motivation. It's moto time. Remember this. Rich people, poor people. Poor people act rich. Rich people act poor. Think about that when it comes to tax time. Hey, remember that. And like my daddy always says, never quit your day job while conquering the world. And also remember... Time is money, money is time. Wasting time is wasting money. Think about that. Alright, let's begin. Right now I've been watching on the news and stuff when it comes to about our election and everything and everything and everybody's in this uproar about what's going on in the current administration about how the president is not giving up his seat and that he's, you know, trying to say it's been a collusion and they've been finding a lot of Negative things saying they've been finding ballots in the trash and stuff in certain states and stuff This is what I noticed. Okay, this is just my opinion. It's not a fact. These are my opinions about this um, What happens happens Let the process go through because and this is what I know I know for a fact that the only way that the election can be handed to the to the new elected president is by the college of electoral colleges now it does not get handed by the media so since it's not getting handed by the media they need to get all those votes counted and because i know the current i know the one that's in the office now his administration even said it that they were ahead but then all of a sudden they weren't so now people are really in this uproar my opinion is, hey, let it all play out, let it all go through, let it work its magic and see what happens, okay? He's getting lawyers and he's trying to sue you know, everybody, trying to say that it's been a, been a sham, trying not to get him in office. We don't know what's going on. But what I do know is that that people are so happy that we have a first ever vice president that's a woman. Uh, me personally, hey, congratulations. If it works out, and that she and him is the one that after they do all this stuff is the pres is the newly elected president. I will honestly say, congratulations. I'm, I hold no grudges or anything. I'm not. I'm not. You know, being all this. Oh, did you stole it? No, 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 no. Let the courts deal with this because that's a legal matter. It's a legality. It happens every election. It happened with Al Gore, in my time it happened with Al Gore, it happened with Ronald Reagan, it happened with um, with Bush, yeah, that's with Al Gore, with Ronald Reagan and Bush Junior and Bush Senior, it also happened with Nixon you know and stuff and it also happened with John F Kennedy you know because during John F Kennedy his father made sure his son got an office and how he did that he bought his way. People say no he didn't, yeah he did he paid a lot of money, gave a lot of donations, a lot of contributions to different organizations for them to sponsor his son so that his son can get an office and people. And he had his son and his son did a wonderful job. John Fitzgerald did a wonderful job as president. A lot of people of color really liked him. Because they said he was a good president and he cared about people of color and he had a lot of things. Did you also know, this is something that I didn't know this until I started doing my homework. Did you know that more people of color were Republican? They weren't Democrat. Not, not, not the knock, people who are Democrat were not knocking you, I'm not knocking you, I'm just saying. There was a lot of people that were Republican. But then they switched once they started getting this newly elected affirmative action Um, More affordable. They started creating new programs for people of color and more people started switching to Democrats Because Democrats tend to do two things. They tend to put more economics and more money into programs for people of color. That's what Democrats do. Republicans tend to tighten the belt when it comes to money flooded to economics and stuff with people of color, but they do do their job but they don't do it the way people want them to do you know like i talk about things and i say you know people always ask me i hear a lot of people always ask me this and i get it i get it from both sides you know i get it from both sides i mean my i mean my family they just don't deal with me because i'm a, they don't even want to talk to me they think i'm some they think i'm some antichrist. they think i'm a cool they think i'm a nut they think i'm a crack they think i'm crazy they think i got hit in the head because i I vote Republican. No, I vote Republican because that's what what my what my thing does. And I vote Republican because I was I like their because I'm a I like conservative views. I, I'm not you know I don't say I'm a conservative Democrat. Or I'm a conservative. I'm a Republican, but I happen to be conservative. That's all. That's all it is. And that's just the the uh, view thing. But when you actually know me, I'm just a normal person, like human beings, like everyone else. I don't go out there, I'm not out there trying to kill someone, I'm not trying to burn your house down. I've seen that what happened, the lady house got burnt down because she was a person of color and and she was a Republican. They went and, some people that were, they're not Democrats, I don't think they're Democrats, because Democrats don't do that. You know, and they burnt the house down because she was a Republican and had all this stuff about, because she supported the current administration. I felt bad for her because she lost everything. That's something we don't do. We shouldn't do that, and and you shouldn't do that if you're a Democrat. That's not your political views, okay? That's something you should never do. You should never burn someone's house down because you believe that oh, th- this is how um, I feel and this is what I believe in. No, you should never do that. I'm just being honest, you should never do that. What you should do is you should be able to This is America, right? We live in a a world of democracy. We live in a world where we can speak our mind, speak our peace. We can be able to coexist in a society where we as people can be able to talk amongst each other. I can tell you, hey, I'm a Republican, and you should be able to go, oh, okay, that's nice. You know, and you should be able to say, well, great. I like you, or, great that's wonderful and you should be able to say well hey i i you know that's good i'm I'm, you know and why are you republican Then i tell you why and then you will say i said "Mm, okay and then you as a democrat will say oh i'm a democrat okay good we can sit at the same table and we can sit there and eat from the same table we can eat off the same plate i'm no different from you i bleed the same blood red you know Just my blood is a little different from yours and your blood is probably a little different from mine. Maybe uh, a maybe a O positive or O negative or AB or a positive or a negative or Or B positive or B negative or AB or RH factor negative or RH factor positive You know, we may have this rare genetics and stuff, but that's about all we may have But other than that, we're just human beings. I look at it like this. We're human beings. We tend to believe the same belief system. We shouldn't let politics dictate on what we do in life. Okay? Never let politics define and never let politics corrupt you but you know to what you do. What I should say is that you should just be able to be able to speak your mind. And how you speak your mind is how you are. That's all. You know whether you like the person in office or whether you don't like the person in office or you like the new person that's coming in, you gotta be able to do one thing. Remember this. And I, and I stress this highly, remember this, whoever gets in office, whoever gets in this office, you should be able to support that person. So I say, whoever's in office, you support that person, right? But I'm gonna tell you honestly, you know, a lot of people don't want a current, don't want the current administration in office. They want him out so bad. They want him out badly. I don't, and people say, well, you know why? Because he said this, but here's what I say. And I say this because I, 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 always, I always ask this question. Whatever he said, did that stop you from getting your job? Did that stop you from getting paid? If it did, I always will say that. I like to know what job you do so that I know not, so I know that I can work there. So whenever the president, whoever is there, can, so that I can not work. You know, it's, that's not how it works in society. That should not, how, you should not base your belief system On what a person tells you because if a person promise you that they're gonna do everything in the world I'm gonna lower taxes that's not gonna happen they're not gonna there's no way you can do that because here let me tell you how it works our debt that we live on the debt that we live on is based our money is based on the debt that we have because it's a promissory no look at your money do me a favor grab a dollar bill I say a dollar if you don't have a dollar you got a five dollar bill you got a five-dollar bill, a ten-dollar bill, a twenty, a ten, a twenty, a five, a one. One-dollar bill is the best dollar bill to look at. It says in the very top, it says "prom." It says "bank note. You know what that banknote means? It's a promise. It's a promise that the federal government will guarantee that that dollar bill will be a dollar, or that five will be a five, or ten will be a ten, a twenty will be a twenty, a fifty will be a fifty, and a hundred will be a hundred. That's what a promissory note is. It promised you, it promised the guarantor, which is you, the bearer, that, that that dollar or whatever bill you have will be the value of it. I I know that because, let me tell you something, I have a, I have a Zimbabwe, $1 trillion Zimbabwe money. It's $1 trillion, yes. a $1 trillion, I have a $10 trillion Zimbabwe money, and guess what? It's from the Bank of Zimbabwe. The country tried to inflate their money to the point to where They wanted to look good for investors. And guess what happened? They went bankrupt. The country went bankrupt and that money is worthless. Oh, I have a set. But it became worthless. So what I tell you is that you need to look at things in a logical way. You know, in society, you need to look at things from face value. What I tell people is do your homework. Do your homework. People say, well, he never apologized. Let me tell you something. Everybody and oh, he had this—he had these locker talks, the way he talked. Let me tell you something. Everybody, no matter who you are, whether you're a Christian, a Muslim, a Buddhist, a Jehovah Witness, a Mormon, um, oh, your Taoism, your or you're atheist, you know, or you just somebody who's just a spiritual person, a Wiccan, or um, a witch, a warlock a grandmaster or a grand dragon of the Kukler Klan. Everybody has locker talk. Everybody has locker talk. When they're around their friends, they talk a certain way. When they're with their buddies, they talk a certain way that they don't talk around other people. If you're in a committed relationship like with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your life partner, whichever you're with, there's some things you don't talk around your partner that you'll talk that you'll talk with other people. Really, you do. Here are things that you will say around other people that you feel comfortable with, like your friend. Okay, like if you got a girlfriend, we'll we'll do the heterosexual thing, and we'll do the homosexual we'll do the heterosexual thing and the LGBT thing at the same time. Let's say you're with your boyfriend or girlfriend or life partner, Well, that's whichever you know you choose. It doesn't matter. And you say something that's off the cusp of what you normally say. That person will look at you and go, what? What'd you say? What? And they don't get you. It's like how, it's like this. If you're in the military, military people have a humor, have a kind of type of humor that normal people don't understand. Like military people can talk about silly stuff that not doesn't mean anything personal. It's just a joke. It's a military joke. Like they'll say. They'll say, Jody's taking your girlfriend, or Susie Roddencrotch is, is at home banging the, banging the next door neighbor. You know, they do that, and, and that's military jargon. That's military lingo. Yeah, and people tend to say, okay, but that's, he, he doesn't mean it. He's not taking it personal. That's just, joke. that's just something. And they say, oh, that's just military talk. That's how we talk in the military. Well, that's not, well, I don't want to hear. That's something I don't want to hear. Correct. You don't want to hear that. So that's what I mean. And, and when I talk about the current administration and his locker banter, that's what he says, locker banter. Everybody talks like that. Do I talk like that? Yes, I do. Do I, talk around, do I talk about that around my girl? No, I don't. Because you know why? She doesn't understand. She doesn't understand. She's not a guy. There's some things I talk with guys that I can't talk with my girl. Because you know why? Because she's not a guy and guys understand guy talk. Girls do the same things. girls talk about certain things that a guy will sit there and never understand Same thing like I said with your life partner There's things that people don't understand and they don't understand. They'll never understand the way you talk and stuff They don't they'll never get it It, What I mean is they don't get it and you you know, you don't want to make them get it It's not meant for them to get it. So that's what I mean. Okay. I'm not saying about what he said was right It's not right or is it not, it's not right or wrong. Because you can't go, it's not, it's not wrong, it's wrong. No, no, it's not right and it's not wrong. Basically what it is, it's just not right. So if he never said it, if he never said anything, here, 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 we'll go like this. If that man never, ever said anything wrong. Okay, let's say he never said anything wrong. He never said nothing wrong, he just stayed peacefully quiet and just said everything perfect never talked never said nothing wrong never did a collusion never touched a woman never said touch a woman by her by her by her you know what her, her jj and, and anything like that let's say he never said stuff like that you will find something else about him or her depending on whoever it was it's an office we're, we're doing it like that because we've got to make it like that, that you don't like. That's the catch. So it doesn't matter. You will find something, oh, I don't like the person because he didn't do this for me. He didn't do this. He didn't say that. He didn't do this. Well, he didn't apologize for this. There's many, well, let me tell you something. Do you know that David Duke is a white national? And he, he's a white national. He was a member of the Ku Klux Klan. You know, but then he joined the national, the White National Party which is uh, an organization where people believe in this white power thing. Now we turn on the flip side, there's a black party called the Nation of Islam, NOI, Nation of Islam under the leadership of Minister Louis Farrakhan. Great man, that man is a great, great man. Man speaks a lot of wisdom, but a lot of people don't understand him because they can't get the things he say because one, if you're not a person of color, you'll never understand him. If you never lived the struggles that he talk about or experience the things he talk about, you'll never understand. I hear people say, I don't get it. Why does Minister Farrakhan, one of the greatest guys in the world, I'm just saying, one of the greatest speakers or greatest oratories, well, say something like that. Hey, he's such a great person. Why do you say about this about white people that there's a the devil? Well, because at a time when that man was coming up, white people, people of, people of Anglo-Saxon, tend to be more of a racial thing. Because at that time, that's when the world was segregated. We were trying to desegregate the world. Meaning that we wanted people to be able to coexist in a society of a utopian world where everyone can be together. It'll never happen. Do you know that in the early 1900s? Do you know that? Do you know that Irish people were Irish people were doing were racially profiling against other Irish people? Because if you're Irish but you wasn't born in America, they, they, they hated against you. And if you were Italian, if you were Italian and you were from the if you were Italian, but let's say you're Italian and you were from the big island and and you're not from Sicily, you're not Sicilian. Do you know that they didn't talk to you they didn't they didn't speak to you because if you weren't Sicilian, they didn't want to do business with you. That's just the way things were back in the days, back in the early prohibition era. Italians only did business with Italians If you were Sicilian, Sicilians only did business with Sicilians If you were from Rome, they only did business with Rome If you were Italian and you were from Rome, they considered you Rome You're from Rome, I'm only doing business with you because I'm from Rome It's the same thing like with... Same thing with Chinese people Chinese people did the same exact thing They were hated on... Did you know that Japanese people And you know the Japanese people, Asian, just say Asian generally because at that time they were just doing everybody up. The United States was so into this war and stuff with Japan, you know, during the war war of Japan, during World War II, that they built concentration camps and put every person who was Asian. It didn't matter if you were born here in America, you was an Asian American with a social security card, it didn't matter. You were put into concentration camps. You were locked up, housed up like slaves like the way they did with Nazis. Nazis did in Nuremberg, Nazis did over there in Auschwitz, Dachau, Bergen, and places like that. And I mean, I'm, and I'm telling you, it was the same principle that they did. And people were saying, well, yeah, it's different. No, it's not different. It's the same principle. That's what I mean, racism will, all, racism will never go away. It's one of those hard things that people tend to go, well, well, he's a, no, no, no. Let me tell you something, everybody, let me tell you something, everybody is racist. When you were born, you were not born a racist. No, no one's never, bo- no, you know what, kids are never born racist. It's their parents instilled the racism in them. Like a person of color, this is, this is what, I know this for a fact, because I, I live this. Do you know that people of color will tell a person of color Like my grandmother, would, my grandmother, God rest her soul, I love her to death She had a rule you are, not to, you are not to date a white person You are not to bring a white person to the house I don't want a white person in my house She better not be white And that's my grandmother My grandmother was born My grandmother was born on a plantation She was from the slave era she had a belief system that white people were the evilness because of the Klan and everything. Now her mentality, I understood. I respected that. And you follow those rules because you, you say you live in this house, you come to this house, you follow those rules. That was her thing. That was my grandmother's rules. You had to do those rules. Those were her things. You had to follow. And my grandfather, same rules. You know, my grandfather, uh, uh, also, my grandfather is a great jazz musician. He played with Jay McShann, Count Basie, um, Duke Ellington, um, Big Joe Turner. Um, he played with the Blue Devils. He played bands with like uh, Billy Moten and things like that. He was such a great jazz musician. He's from Kansas City, the City of Fountains, and the birthplace of Kansas City Jazz. Let me tell you something, my grandfather, my grandfather, told me this, my grandfather told me this story, and I'm going to tell y'all because I, I like to let y'all know this. My grandfather told me, my grandfather said he never drink, never touched alcohol, because he, don't, he doesn't drink. Because he was, he was a respectful man. He, my, my grandmother told him, you going to be with me, you don't drink. You can play your music, but you can't drink. My grandfather was like, okay, I can do that. So my grandfather goes, okay. My grandfather said he was playing down in Kansas City, in an area called 18th Vine. You can go on YouTube and look at Vine Street. Under the administration of Tom Pendergrass. Tom Pendergrass was the county commissioner. He's the one that overseed all the licenses for all the bars and stuff, all the clubs and stuff down there. My grandfather said that he was at a club playing music. And he got done playing. My grandmother was there, because my grandmother confirmed it. This. Beautiful white lady, she was the owner. She was one of the owner's girlfriends. My, this guy, he was married, but he also had like three girlfriends or four, whatever. He was rich. When you own a bar, you own a nightclub, you had money. And my grandfather made 20 bucks. He made 20 bucks a night. That was like a lot of money back then. That was like people made 20 bucks a month back in those days. That's how much money people made, and that was like making five or six hundred dollars in our day, a night playing. And my grandfather was playing, and he got done playing. This lady came over and handed my grandfather. They sent the drink over. My grandfather, my grandfather told the guy, told the um, bartender, told the um, waitstaff, um, I do oh, thank you anyway. I don't drink, and send it back. I don't drink, and he walked away. Well, the lady came to my grandfather and threw the drink in his face and said, called him out his name, called him the N-word, said the N-word, said the straight up N-word in his face and told him, you don't take a drink from me? Who the F you you think you are? You know for good, and he just kept calling and then walked away and told the owner. The owner said, I want want him fired now because he refused a drink from a white woman. My grandfather was just, because my grandmother was there. My grandfather took my grandmother home. Yeah, he had to take her home they told him take they said take your wife home then come back he took my he took my grandmother home and said i got to go back and play she said okay he came back the leader of the band which was which was billy moton and jay mcshan and all them they sat there and they all had a talk with her. they told him listen here if a woman if a white woman offers you a drink you take that drink and you thank that woman and you drink it he said i don't drink i don't care if you don't drink you're gonna start drinking now You never turn a drink away from a rich, white woman. Hey, that woman can throw money in your pocket, you keep it. You take that money home and you give it to your wife. But you do what you got to do. You got to play the field. You got to know what you got to do. You got to play the game. You got to play this field. You got to do that. And that was a time my grandfather was like, okay, he went over there, he had to go and apologize because they said, if you don't apologize, we can't play. And if we can't play, you're hurting our money. And I'm not about to lose my money. He says, you ain't gonna have a job. You ain't gonna have a job playing this music. And my grandfather really loved playing the drums. So he went over there and he politely said he was sorry. He apologized. He said he didn't know. He said he just didn't drink. And he didn't know. He didn't know the he didn't know the cur- He said, I didn't know the rules. I apologize. He told her, I apologize. I'm so sorry. Ma'am, I'm so sorry, I apologize. He told the owner, I apologize. He said, I didn't know. No one told me. No one told me anything and so I did not know. And my grandfather took it. My grandfather walked over to the, my grandfather stood there, the lady came up, she handed him a drink, my grandfather took it and he thanked her. And he drunk in front of her. And that was the day my grandfather became an alcoholic. Because every night women were giving him drink. white women were giving him drinks. And he had to accept it. Even though he didn't drink, he had to accept it and drink the drink. And he became an alcoholic. My grandmother, he had to tell, he told my grandmother, look, in order for me to play, I had to, I had to accept these drinks. My grandmother didn't like that. Because once, once my grandfather got that alcohol in him, he wasn't the same person. He was a different person. He wasn't the same. He was, you know, when people drink, they become a demon. Their inner demons come out. And my grandfather's inner demons came out. And he came out in the worst way. He was a hands-on type of guy when he was drunk. He started hitting and fighting and beating the crap out of my grandmother. That stuff, my grandfather told me that he he was honest about it. I was shocked because he said he wanted me to know the truth. He said that I was. He said that's why I don't drink no more. I had to quit. He he drunk. He became an alcoholic, and my grandmother told him, "I'm tired of this. I'm tired of you hitting me. I got uh, you got a choice. Either you either you either you quit that alcohol or we're done." And because he loved my grandmother that much, he, he, he literally stopped. He stopped, he slowed, he, he said, I'll slow down. He said, I will slow down. My grandmother said, good, he said, because I gotta keep this money. He said, this is good money. What do you want me to do? And the money that my grandmother, that my grandmother was getting from my grandfather, my grandfather had a belief system. He robbed Peter to pay Paul. He'd be like, uh, let the bill collectors come and get the money. Let's just go. And that's how my grandfather believed. But my grandmother, she was that rock. She was like, have you ever seen have you ever seen that soul, that movie Soul Food? My grandmother was like Big Mama. She kept the house together. She took the money, she paid the bills. She bought groceries, she bought the clothes for the kids, which was my grand which was my uncles and aunt. My aunt, my mom, and my uncles. She bought the food, she paid the bills, she kept the house in order. My grandmother maintained that house with, with order. She was like a she was like a general. She kept that place military style. You come in that house, you had to say yes ma'am, no ma'am. She call you, you better say ma'am. You say ma'am, yes ma'am. She call your name, you, she'll call your name, she'll be like, she'll say my name, she'll say JR. I'll be like ma'am, and you, and you better answer. And you go see what she wants. You don't stand there, you run in there with quick knee, quickest in intensity. And then she tell you what she, what she want. You hungry? Yes ma'am, and you better say yes. If you're not hungry, you better eat. You better say you're hungry, because my grandmother slaves on that stove all day long. That's what, the reason why I'm telling you that is just because that's how people, a lot of people look at racism differently. So when I, when I tell you racism, I, I live racism throughout my life, but it doesn't define me. People, I, I, I judge people, I, uh, some people say I see color. When some people say I don't see color. I, I, I tell them I don't see color because the reason why, because color is a rainbow. I see color like a rainbow because I look at everybody as equal and, and in, in society we're not I mean seriously we're not we're not equal we're different you know we're different we're always different and, and we're different because of how we look at things and we look at things differently because that's how life is in this world you know this world is this world is defined that way I can walk somewhere like I can walk down the street If I don't wear my, if I don't wear my hat that says Marine on it, Marine Veteran on there, it says U.S. Marine on there, or Marine Corporal, I tend to get, like, normally I I got a hat, hat, I got a hat a guy gave me, and I love the hat, it's the Bengals. I'm not a Bengals fan, I'm not a Bengals fan, I'm not a Cincinnati Bengals fan, but I do like that hat, I will rock that hat no matter what, because it's a beautiful orange hat, I like, and I I rock the hat, because I'm a hat type person, so it's a good hat, and I wear it, and I will rock it, no matter what. But, you know, like one time I wore, I wore that hat one time, and I was out walking. This lady grabbed her purse, and she held onto a white lady. And I'm not, and I wasn't even, I was across the street from her. Wasn't paying attention, I was listening to music. And I had this eerie feeling that somebody was watching me. The lady literally was so petrified, scared of me, me walking by on the opposite street that she literally clenched her purse and her husband just stared at me like he wanted to kill me you know because he just looked at me like the kid like, like I was deaf and i was like okay what did i do something in my head i'm going did i do something and then i said hello and the guys and the guy literally cussed me out called me every name in the book including the n-word but he didn't touch me. He didn't put his hands on me, he didn't touch me. I just told him, hey, y'all have a nice day, y'all be blessed. That's what I said, you be blessed. I'm serious, just, you have a blessed one. You know, I want you to stay blessed and stuff. And, and you know, and I kept it moving because I was going somewhere and I had the Bengals hat on. And I was like, what the hell? And then a couple days later, and then a couple days later, then I, I looked at what hat I had on, I was like, oh, I had the Bengals hat on. But that didn't mean anything, it's football. You know, I like the Rams, Uh, I like the Chiefs. So, you know, I'm a Rams, Chiefs fan. Now, when I say I'm a Rams fan, I'm a Fred Dreyer's kind of guy. I'm a big bubba, you know, type of guy. I'm I'm an old type Rams fan. That's what, I'm the old soldiers, I'm the old municipal Memorial Stadium type Rams fan. That's when I think of Rams. You know, Rams went to St. Louis, I was a Rams fan. I was a Chiefs fan because I lived in Kansas City. I was a Chiefs fan. When it comes to Chiefs, I was a big time, big time, you know, I liked the, I liked the old, you know, I was, I was, a, I was a type of, of Chiefs fan when they were at the old Municipal Stadium. That's how old I was when I say I'm a Ram, when I'm a Chiefs fan, the old Municipal Stadium in Kansas City. It's no longer there now, it's um, Lincoln Academy Prep. That's when, the, that's, when the, that's when the Oakland, that's when the Kansas City A's were there. And the Kansas City Royals played, as well as the Chiefs. Because the Chiefs just got there and they they hadn't built their new stadium there. So they were there. That's how old I was. I was nothing but a know-nothing kid. That's how long I've been there, you know. And then they built the new stadium, you know, because that's where my heritage comes from. Because I've seen the old movies. My father always told me where the stadium was. I was little, a know-nothing. My grandfather took me to the old stadium before they tore it down. And I looked at it and said, that's the stadium right there. That's where the Negro Leagues were, where the people of color played baseball and stuff and stuff like that. And then that's where the A's played and that's where the Royals played before they got their new stadium and stuff. And that's where the Chiefs played before they got their new stadium because the stadium was being built. So they had to play there in the old municipal stadium. You know, and I'm from where Kansas City had the Kings, you know, they had the Kings and stuff. And that's where they played it. You know, Kansas City Kings played. Because Kansas City had the royal court. We had the, we had the Kansas City Royals. We had the Kansas City Chiefs. And we had the Kansas City Kings. Basketball team. The Royals were the baseball team. The Chiefs were the football team. They were courts and stuff. The Chiefs were called the, um, the Dallas Texans. They were called the Dallas Texans. They had played in Dallas. The owner, Lamar Hunt, moved the team to Kansas City and he changed the name. Because he, you know, didn't want it it didn't sound right you know it didn't sound like you know the kansas city texans that didn't sound right so he changed their name to chiefs and the Chiefs has been there ever since they're a great football team good football team you know great team and you know royals a great baseball team you know we we had a good basketball team but they left that was under cotton Fitzsimmons. he was the coach and the owner wanted more money he wanted more he wanted he wanted more money basically what he wanted he wanted a tax bait a tax, a tax um, abatement, meaning that he wanted tax-free to keep the team there. At that time, we had, a, um, we had a Jewish mayor, I think that was the time, Mayor Berkeley, and he was like, nope, I'm not giving you no more tax breaks, and they left. And because they left, we only have two teams. We only have two, we only have two sports teams. We have another one, Sporting KC, which is the MSL, the Soccer League, that's all across the bridge. But other than that, that's what we have in Kansas City. And I'm telling you, um, I'm telling you, I'm telling you like I tell people, it's like in the military. People always tell me racism everywhere. Racism is the same thing in the military as well. Have I experienced it in the military? Yeah, I have. When I was in the Marine Corps, yes, I experienced it. I had, I had a guy. He was my, he was my off, he was an officer in charge. And you know what? You know what he said? I remember I was out in the field, and he told me, he said, "Listen here, boy." He said, let me tell you something boy, you better get your ass, excuse my language, he said get your ass in there and you better find me some goddamn coffee. You hear me boy? We didn't have any coffee. The coffee he wanted, we didn't have it. I told him, sir, we don't have that coffee. He goes, you better find me some coffee boy. I don't know what the hell, I don't know what you gotta do boy. So I told my superior, which was my boss, which was an E6, which was an E7. Yeah, he was an E6, yeah. Yeah, he was in E6, my staff sergeant. I told him, and then I told my gunny, which was an E7, my gunny. I told my gunny, I told my staff sergeant my gunny what he said, and my gunny said, well, um, okay. I didn't hear it, because if they, he said, if I heard it, I would correct him. So he personally looked at my gunny. My gunny happened to walk up when that officer came to me and said, Hey, my gunny came up and he, he heard, he heard, he heard, that, he heard that lieutenant tell me, hey boy, where's my goddamn coffee? I gave you a direct order and I said, sir, we just have the regular military coffee, the coffee that we have. We don't have Folgers coffee. I'm terribly sorry, yes, they drink what we got. And he said, oh, is that right? And my gunny turned around and pulled me, he yelled at me and told me, come here. I want you to go do me a favor go get in the Hummer, take a drive. Get in the Hummer, tell the driver, give the driver this note. The note just told, I don't know what the note said, but the driver drove me somewhere and then drove me back. When I got back, the gunny told me, go back to work. I went back to work. That officer came up to me and he apologized. He said, I'm sorry for calling you boy. He said, hey, I'm sorry for calling you boy, just that I didn't have my coffee. Hope you accept my apology. That's all he said, you hear me? You hear me? You hear me, boy? I hope you accept my apology. Then he said, You hear me boy, I hope you accept my apology. I was like, Sir, yes, sir. And I kept it moving. Cause in the military, you do what you are told. People think that, um, people think that being in the military is this wonderful, blissful, happy times and stuff. It is. It's the greatest thing to everything in the world. Military. It's the greatest thing. But when it comes to racism, it is rampant in the military. Cause you have people, you'll have people like, um, I, had a, um, I had a person that was higher ranked than I was, but he was younger than me. He was like 22 years old, higher ranked than me. And because he felt, I mean, I knew my job. See, when you, I knew my job, I knew how to do my job. I knew how to do everything about my job. You know, I followed the rules, I did everything by the book. He apparently assumed that I didn't know how to do my job. So he turned around and would tell me, he would tell me, he would always micromanage me. If you ever had a boss like that, that's somebody that oversees your shoulders, you know, that would tell you this is how you do your job, and this person was always on my shoulders, correcting me, and every time he corrected me, he would correct me in the long way because he never did my job, and I know how to do my job. I did it perfectly. I've always did my job perfectly. I was a stellar I was a stellar marine had a few minor mishaps. I barely got my good conduct, but I was a good marine. you know I never caused problems in the Marine Corps. I always did what I was told, because that's the Marine Corps creed. Semper Fidelis, is always faithful, God, country, and corps. You do your job. They always say, is what, what the Marine Corps tells you, and every military personnel, if you're ever in the military, they tell you this, do the job first, then complain, then go up the chain, go up the ladder to someone higher and say, hey, such and such told me, do this. I felt that was kind of unfair that I had to do it when they were just standing around. Did you do it? Yes, I did. See, so if you don't do it, that's when you get reprimanded. And that's, and that's a bad thing for you. You don't want to get reprimanded. Basically, you just want to do your job, get it done, and keep it moving. And then complain later. They'll deal with it. But if you sit there and don't do the job, you will get really worse reprimandation. You'll get worse. It's worse. Just do the job and then complain at the end. Don't complain and say you're not going to do it because, look, let me tell you how it works. You volunteered. <coughs> Excuse me. You volunteered to join the military, whether it's the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marine Corps, the Coast Guard. You joined the National Guard, the Air Guard. You joined. They didn't. They, 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 we're not having a draft. This is not during the time of Vietnam. Okay? This is not during the time of Vietnam i've heard i've heard stories and i gotta cut this short cool wow it was really long i gotta cut this short there there was a time i met i met a guy he was a um he was a major he was a major from korea from the korean war and he told me some stories that i when i was in the corps he came by he told me that he was and he was a black man he was a black major in the marine corps and he told me some stories that made me that made, my, that made me go, what the hell? He said that he was out on patrol. He was out on patrol. His lieutenant took his unit on patrol, sniper unit on patrol. And they went on patrol and they did this patrol and stuff and this movement. And when they got on patrol, his officer told him, I want you to go up this hill. And this hill area was in North Korea, near, 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 near Incheon, near the Chosen Reservoir. They were going to the Chosen Reservoir, dead winter. He said he was there. He was with his his general, his person in charge was was General Chesty Puller. And he said he did anything that General Puller, he did anything that that General Puller told him to do. Because you know why? General Puller was a a Marine's Marine. He didn't care if he was black. He didn't care if he was a darky. He didn't care if he was a red bone. He didn't care if he was a darky or yellow man or whatever. You're a Marine, you're a Marine. Do your job and do it well. And General Puller always had this belief system that my Marines will eat first before I eat. And I remember he said that um, he was in line. He said he was in line eating when his his officer came in, cut the line, cut in line in front of him to get the food first because he was hungry. And he said that General Puller walked over there and grabbed that officer and said, hey, what are you doing? He said, oh, well, sir, I'm just gonna grab me something He said, no, 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 you let your Marines eat. You let your men eat first. Well, sir, I'm, no, 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 you eat. You let your men eat first. And whatever's left over, you get. Your, your men eat first That's a sign of leadership. That officer was so mad and, and was so hateful because of what happened that he turned around And he made those Marines. He made those Marines after they got done eating. They went on a march up on this hill because he wanted to prove a point because he was mad at General Puller. And that was some stories like stuff like that. And he said that guy was so racist to him. He would call the people, he would yell out here. He would send the black, he would send the colored people up front because he was like, yeah, darkies going up front. They didn't say the word nigger and stuff like that. In the military, it was like, yeah, the darkies going up front. They would have meetings, send the darkies, we'll send the dark ones up front and stuff like that. And that's bad, but that's what happened. So they did that, you know, that's what happened. You know, that's the way life is in the world. So in society, so what I'm gonna tell you, I gotta cut this short. So what I'm gonna tell you is this, listen, racism is everywhere in every society we live in. You just gotta know, oh, GT. That's an old company. That's an old company. They're no longer around no more. That's Verizon now. Verizon is CTE. It's the AirTouch, Vitaphone, and they all merged and stuff. That's another podcast for that. But he, what I'm saying is that you need to kind of put yourself into perspective of, you gotta understand that it's gonna be like that everywhere. Racism is gonna be everywhere in life. You just need to kind of put yourself into a perspective where you need to kind of go, okay, all right. You need to kind of put yourself in, you need, to, you, need to be, you need to kill them with kindness. Seriously, kill them with kindness. I watch so many videos on YouTube of how people sit there and these people call them out their name and their feet in the fire yelling at them, talking about, yeah, so say it again, say it again. You, you, call, you know what you called me. Listen, let me explain something to y'all. If a person calls you out your name, as long as that person don't touch you, Keep it moving, okay? Please, just keep it moving. Keep it moving. Don't let don't let negativity ruin your life. Have a positive outlook. Have a positive day. Keep yourself happy. Keep blissful. Be be the best you can be. Because if you if you, if you're a Christian, remember what God says. Remember what the Bible says. Turn your cheek seven times, seven times, seven times, seven. That's what God says. And if you and, and if you are a Mormon. You automatically know because all Mormons I'm, I have people tell me Oh Mormons, oh, they, don't, they don't worship They don't let black people in their church And uh, that's a myth that's, an, that's, a, that's a fact and also a myth The fact was They said that because they did not Because a lot of places didn't allow Black people of color to be in the church Because of where they were, where the church was at If you were in the south And then they had a Mormon church down there no, they didn't, they didn't allow that. They didn't allow, um, they didn't allow people of color. They didn't allow people of color into the church in the South. It, well, that was just because it was a Southern thing. And if you were in the real world, it's just, that's how things were, you know? And that's how things were, you know? They didn't allow that because that was a Southern. And the Southern state, they were really racist. That's how the South was. And you can't change the South. South will rise again, it's a rebel state, that's how they were You can't, you can't turn, you can't change an old, you can't teach an old dog new tricks You got to respect them, you got to understand them Okay, and you got to keep that moving So when these people will say and then the Mormons really changed Because, um, they had revelation They literally, the prophet had a revelation There are more people of color that are in the Mormon church if you do not believe me, look it up Because I'm telling you right now, I, I yes, I remember the church I'm from the tribe of Ephraim. I know, I know, I know my lineage. You know, I know what the church stands for and everything their beliefs in because it's a great church. I'm also Catholic. Yes, because of my grandmother, my dad, my grandmother on my dad's side of the family, my, grand, my grandmother on my dad's side of the family is Catholic. They were born and raised Catholic. I, I went to mass all the time. When they go to mass, I go to mass. I know the rosaries, are, Hail Mary Father, Lord of Grace, I know that stuff. You know, I know what you're supposed to do when you're a Catholic, yeah. You go to confession and stuff like that, yeah. That's how things are, but it's no here or there. I gotta cut this off. In closing, I just wanna tell everybody that just be a little more respectful, you know, be true to yourself, you know, live life, prosper, and, don't let, don't let any negativity get you down, keep, 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 keep being faithful, be honest, and just love everybody And as everyone else wants you to love people and live in this world of utopia where we, are, we can coincide with everyone, okay? Alright, we can live in a world where we can be, we can be who we want to be, we live in America. America is the land of democracy, okay? So we live in this world, we're not in a totalitarian na- area, like we're not in China, China's a communist country. They're free, but they're not free. Do you understand that sense of of freedom? Because they can't can't sit there and say they hate the government in China. You'll go to jail for that. You'll, You'll get put in a concentration camp. You'll get put in prison if you speak against the government. But here in America, we can do that, okay? All right, we can do that. We can speak our minds and have a good discussion and debates and everything. That's how we do and that's how we coincide, all right? Well, this is J.R. Bell with I Got Your 6 Podcast. And I'm just wanting to get this off about racism and everything. And listen, I love you and I love every, and every one of y'all because color is for crayons. And if, and if I got a box of crayons and they're Crayola, you're not getting none because I don't share my crayons. I'll share everything else, but not my Crayola crayons. All right. All right. This is J.R. Bell with I Got Your 6 Podcast and Bravo 6 Going Dark.